0: Are deconstructing with the purpose of destroying mm-hmm. their faith yeah. um, because of people, not because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And, and I think that it's it's so much e- it's so easy, um, and and yet so unfair um, that we we attach the hurts and concerns and questions that we have received from things that we've been told from people to the character of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the Community and Purpose Podcast. We are grateful that you're with us today. I'm Austin. I'm Callie. And we are your hosts once again today. Hope that you are doing great on this Thursday, uh, wherever you're at in the world. Hope things are going incredibly well. Uh, We say at the beginning of each episode, because we believe it's important to be reminded of it, is that the intersection of community and purpose, the intersection of something that's valuable and meaningful in your life to be pursuing um, and doing it with people that you love surrounding you Mm -hmm. is where the good life is truly found, that intersection of community and purpose. and so. That's really what we what we talk about in uh, really believing that those two things are all encompassing about our lives um, and that every aspect of our life is some variation of the of the intersection of that um, trajectory of community and purpose and so we are excited to be back with you today um, as always would be honored if you would subscribe or share this with uh, anybody that you you know show and share on your social media platform of choice um, but today we're going to jump into um, a conversation that is happening, I would argue, all over the place. Yeah. It uh, it seems to be the latest thing in Christian culture, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that it's specific to Christians. I think that it is uh, something that is being talked about in all different facets of life, all over the place, um, whether it be in, in marriages, in relationships, in friendships, in yeah. uh, hobbies, in passions, in workplace, in church in, in yeah. spiritual, in everything. Yeah. Um, and yet
1: it's just everywhere.
0: Absolutely. It's, it's a part of our culture. I think it's actually part of our human wiring, um, more naturally, but as of late, it's become the latest and greatest thing to be doing inside of the faith communities. Um, and it's a, it's a buzzword for some, and it's uh, something that brings up a wide range of thoughts and emotions, but the, the word is deconstruct. And so maybe you've never heard of that word. Maybe that's brand new to you. Um, You've heard us talk about it before, but our church, um, I'm a pastor at a church. And uh, so Callie and I, we serve at a church and we are going through a message series right now by that title, talking about deconstruct and what does it look like um, and looking at just the different avenues with which deconstruction is taking place and that there are, there are really two, two different routes that are happening. There's a deconstruction that is leading to reconstruction. Yeah which I would argue would be the healthy way to evaluate life and faith. And then there is the, the other side of it um, that is a deconstruction to lead to destruction. Yeah. And so an opportunity to go from um, just disassembling something um, to where there's nothing left at the end um, versus disassembling something to learn more, to put it back together um, in a more healthy and honorable and real and truthful uh, fashion. And so, yeah, we're we're going to talk about faith, but I, I do think that this is something that we see in our lives. You think about your growing up,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, you talk about the things that you believed as a kid, everything was pretty black and white. Everything was kind of absolute. Yeah. And then there's a process of deconstruction where we realize, gosh, is everything that I believed as a kid actually true? Mm-hmm. Um, is everything that I think, you know, I was raised with, is that actually absolutely yeah. true in the world that I live in? And so
1: it's almost like a level of critical thinking. You yeah. know, that all of a sudden everything in the world has become my own. And so now I have to figure out like, do I really believe the things that I was told to believe or do I really, you know, want to live my life the same way that I was taught to live the you know, um, and taking those things and then deciding which path I want to take.
0: Yeah, it and it's it's everything from the most the most elementary level thing all the way up to the most complex level thing. Yeah. I mean when you think about your childhood, you think about Um, at some point you deconstructed what you believed about fantasy creatures, about the Easter bunny, about Santa Claus, about the tooth fairy, Mm -hmm. about all of those kinds of things on the most elementary level. At some point there is a transition. There is a movement towards understanding what is real and what's not real. And so Mm -hmm. I think that we do that on a lot of levels and then all the way up into being parenting. I think you hear it all the time from families and from adults I'm ne- I'm never going to raise my kids the way that I was raised. Yeah. I mean, I hear it all the time. Well, I mean,
1: like, everyone has those things for absolutely. Happen, you know? Like, I vividly remember walking through Target with my mom, and, like, as a kid, her talking about underwear in a loud voice, you know, like, as we're walking, and I wanted to <laughs> die, you know? And I literally remember thinking, like, I'm never going to do that to my kids, you know? But, yeah. of course, I probably do, because...
0: Because it's underwear, and And it's not a big deal.
1: Yeah, and if you can't embarrass your kids a little bit, you know, are you really living?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely all of those things. Yeah. It's that process of, I'm never going to do this to my kids. I mean, for me, it's the, we split wood as kids, and we heated our house with wood, (laughs) and I said... I will never do this <laughs> to my kids, and literally, as soon as I possibly had the opportunity, I put a wood boiler on our house, and we split wood all the time. And so, like, it's interesting, like just those types of variations. But this specific conversation, talking about faith and deconstruction, um, it has been it has been a a messy series.
1: Yeah,
0: it's been a messy process, just like it is any in any other sense of the word um, and have had a lot of conversations with people and so I think it is a a conversation that is worthy of of going a little bit deeper and so uh, I wanted to hear just your thoughts um, we are we're already through a week of it and wondering kind of what are your what have been your thoughts um, as you've listened to people talking about it as you've listened to the series as a whole um, when you think about deconstruction yep. what does it bring up in your mind and what are you what are you processing even in your own world and walk
1: yeah, I think um, something that you often make fun of me about is that I like TikTok, you know. And so on TikTok, there's there is like a stream of people who talk about like deconstructing their faith, and it and it isn't like a positive thing. Right. It's a um, thing where they you know they come with the intention of blowing apart everything that they were taught and everything that's bad about the church, um, and and then basically to spread that message of you know, like hate or whatever they're feeling. Um, And not to say that they don't have the right to feel the way that they feel. Like, I don't know what they've walked through. Um, But to know that this message of deconstruction, I think is important because it it takes what you have been, like, basically just fed your whole life, you know, and makes you critically think about what do you, what do you, what do I actually believe? And then building back up, you know, the the thoughts that I have about, about faith, about church, about um, religion, I guess, you know. Um, I think it's been neat that it's opened up really, like, deep conversations yeah. um, among people. Not so much just, like, surface level, but just, like, really, like, how do you see the world? How do you see the church? Where have you been hurt by people in the church? And how has that affected the way that you you want to be part of it, you know, like it would be silly to sit here and say that we haven't been hurt by people in the church or by the church, you know, like we have. Yeah. And um having to know that like that's not the end all be all. Like that's not what God has called the church to be. And like people make mistakes and whatever. But then figuring out how do you make peace with that and then move forward. You know, I think that those are big questions that, you know, our generation is like seeming like they're trying to answer
0: yeah i think i think it's a great thought to to recognize and to say that like there is a way to ask questions and there is a way to process that that is helpful and honorable and then there's a way that's not you know like when you talk about like what do i believe like i think that there's a there's a way to ask questions and to have concerns and to process hurts that is healthy I um, mean, sure. there's a way that's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And you talk about, I think that the end the end goal, if the end goal is truth, I can say beyond the shadow of a doubt inside of everything that I am, if your goal in deconstructing anything in your life is to experience more truth in your life, it's absolutely valuable. Hmm. And like your your truth may be different than mine. Like we can land at different places. Like I believe that there is room inside of the kingdom of God, inside of the infinite things of Jesus yeah like I think that there is so much that is capable um, to be to be seen that that different truths can be found hmm. but if your goal is to find truth at the end of the day I don't I don't think that you can lose but I think that on the unhealthy side is is we're not actually looking for truth yeah oftentimes yeah oftentimes I think that I know for me it would be way easier for me to actually just find something that confirms what my preconceived notion already was yeah what I already believe to be true. Yeah. if I can find someone else or something or some opinion or some research or something that will confirm something that I've already felt.
1: Yeah. It's like rage quitting. Yeah. You know, it's like I've been burned. And so now I'm going to say all the bad things and spew all of the, you know, lies or whatever that I've been told.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just not a matter of finding the truth. And then um, I think there's something honorable about if you find something to be true or untrue to share that. I think we live in a world that has that possibility I think the hard part for me in walking through a deconstruction process in my own faith, in my own world, is this phrase that I've been using kind of throughout the series is that we have got to be people who will say to ourselves and to others that we reserve the right to get smarter later.
1: Hmm.
0: That I reserve the right to get smarter tomorrow.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, when I look at, I mean, we've been in ministry for 15 years and like, the things that I believed at year one Hmm. versus the things that I believe today um, is drastically different. Yeah. Even like inside of the function of the church Mm -hmm. in what I believe the role of the church is, you know? And so like in this idea of faith, there's just this all encompassing conversation out there that we have to be evaluating and examining what is true, what is honorable and what is actually a part of the life of Jesus. What is actually Mm -hmm. a part of following the way of following Christ and it's it's not easy. It's messy. It's not one size fits all. Um, and it's a process. And I think that a lot of times this idea and this process of deconstructing is an end goal. It's yeah. a, I'm going to deconstruct, hmm. period, full stop. Yeah as opposed to believing that this idea of examining and taking apart is a is a lifelong process to continually be reconstructing and rebuilding the things that are true whether it be in faith or in marriage, marriages or in friendships or in parenting or in business yeah. like the world is ebbing and flowing and changing right. and we have to be able to examine and think it through
1: yeah what do you feel like is the like the biggest thing that you have learned from the series or the biggest takeaway like as you've been studying and preparing like what's the thing that has struck you the most
0: The most significant thing is is that um we just talked about it actually this last week is that is that people are are deconstructing with the purpose of destroying
1: mm-hmm. their faith yeah
0: um because of people not because of Jesus
1: mm-hmm. it's so true
0: and, and i think that it's it's so much e- it's so easy um, and and yet so unfair um, that we we attach the hurts and concerns and questions that we have received from things that we've been told from people yeah. to the character of Jesus
1: mm.
0: the the things that we've been taught by people I mean to no fault of our own. Right. I mean, the learning process, the education system, the way that we are wired to acquire information and to develop a belief system is to take in information from people around us that are to be trusted and are to be, you know, to be known as credible sources. Mm-hmm. And yet when we walk through this process, not every source is credible. And so there are these, these there's these versions, what I would say is there are versions of counterfeit Jesuses mm-hmm. running around the churches. Yeah. That people are saying that actually, this is what Jesus is looking like. This is actually, actually, this is Jesus. Actually, no, this is Jesus. And when they conflict with one another, we find ourselves in a messy middle ground trying to figure out, okay, well... So-and-so told me, my pastor told me, my dad told me, my mom told me, my Sunday school teacher told me that this is what's true. And so now I'm seeing a different perspective. And when I see that, all of a sudden I have this hurt from a person who now I feel like has lied to me Hmm. and says to me, well, actually, Jesus is incredible now because we've created a pedestal Mm -hmm. where we put people who follow Jesus on a pedestal that Jesus was only really was only capable of sitting on. Right. And when those those things happen, I mean, we talked about the fact that we're all in process, myself included. Um, and I, I don't know, it's, it's a hard series to preach as a pastor, um, because what I'm saying is, I mean, I explicitly said it this last Sunday, yeah. is that I want you to examine everything that I've ever said to you that I want you to take anything that you hear on a Sunday morning and I want you to take it home and I want you to I want you to examine it against the man of Jesus. I want mm-hmm. you to examine it against the character of Christ. I want you to examine it against what you experience in the authority of scripture. And that is not something that's comfortable.
1: Yeah.
0: Like in our world, like what we want people to do is like selfishly, we just want people to blindly follow what we say. Like right. don't question what I say. Yeah. Don't like don't like, try and like Rip it apart, like just listen to what I say because I've done the research. Hmm. I'm the expert on the topic. Yeah, when actually it's not the case. Hmm. Like I'm just also a pastor who is trying to pursue Jesus. Yeah, and I'm just doing my very best to try and follow him in my own life. And as I learn things as I experience things, I try to share that truth with people. Um, from the from the calling that God's given me. Right. But my interpretation of scripture is not perfect either. Right. And that's terrifying.
1: Right. Well, th- like you you're just like a man, just like everyone else, you know? So yeah. like, there's, everyone has fault, you know, has fault. I think a question that I think about often is thinking about, like, when we were growing up, just as an example, like, purity culture was, like, a huge thing. It was, you know, like, you don't have sex till you're married. And, like, now, like, people seem to be, like, ripping that apart somewhat. But I think, like, when you think about the generation that we're raising our kids in, like, how how do we take what we're learning in this deconstruct and like to teach them to think more critically and to, you know, to figure out how to make faith their own earlier than I think maybe we as a generation did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think we're coming out, not just in a purity culture, but I think we're coming out of a a pretty like large generation of Jesus followers who were believing in a place a fundamental place that just said like it's in the bible god said it yeah. enough said right just and and, it. and like just yeah. do what i just do what you're told yeah and i think that the way that we do that with kids or we do that in our current generation is to not tell them what to believe but teach them how to learn what to believe yeah to teach them how to stay curious to teach them how to ask questions i uh i'm, I'm horrible at golf um, and for whatever reason, everybody around me loves golf and I don't actually really like <laughs> it at all. Um, but I, I was hitting golf balls at a driving range once with a, with a friend of mine and he's an excellent golfer. He's a scratch golfer. And, um, I was just shanking balls everywhere. I mean, just heavy slice 50 yards forward and a hundred yards right is what my golf swing was. And he told me, he said, he said, when you hold your golf club, he said, you want to hold it tight enough to hold onto it. But you want to imagine that inside of the palm of your hand that there's an open tube of toothpaste in your hand, and you want to swing it as to hold on to the club without squeezing any of the toothpaste out of the tube.
1: Hmm.
0: And so, like I-, I think that 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 that's a picture for me of what it looks like to have a a curious mind about faith, where you hold it open-handed enough to where you hold onto it and you grip it tight enough to keep it intact but you don't death grip it so tight that you squeeze the toothpaste out of the tube.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think that that's a questioning process. I think it's a way to critically think through, okay, this is what my dad said. This is what my pastor said. This is what my teacher told me. This is what my friend told me. Yeah. Um, I mean, we go to, our kids go to a, a multicultural, multi-religious school.
1: Yeah.
0: And so, I mean, for perfect example is last year, I mean, in the is in the season of Ramadan, yeah. a bunch of the kids in, in our kids' classes were fasting. Yeah. And so they were not going to lunch. And so there was a separate room that the kids got to go to uh, during lunch when they were fasting for Ramadan. And our kids came home and they were like, I want to go into that room. Like it, there was something special, something exciting yeah. was happening right. out of the norm. And so they said, how come I can't go into that room? And to allow them to ask questions and to like, we, we encourage them to go and talk to those kids and say, like, can you tell me what's going on? Like, what are you doing? Why do you believe in that? Yeah. And so, like, to to be curious and to teach our kids to, not just our kids, to teach us. Yeah, right. And to. Absolutely. Because it's not natural for us as human beings to say, like, yeah, question what I say. Hmm. Like it's it's okay to have questions. It's okay to disagree. Like we don't live in a culture right now that says disagreeing is okay at at any juncture.
1: Seriously, yeah.
0: I mean, look at social media. Yeah. Like you disagree with one word or one phrase, you're canceled. You're absolutely canceled, and you just get absolutely blown up. And so to understand that we can disagree and still remain in community, Mm -hmm. and also we can believe different things about Jesus Mm -hmm. and still love him the same. Yeah. Like I think that there are people out there who are madly in love with Jesus that are following him faithfully each and every day that believe things that are completely different than me. Hmm. And I just don't think that we've done a good job in the church of allowing that to happen. Hmm. And also to say that, that just maybe there's room at the table for more than one perspective. Yeah. When we look at a, an infinite God hmm. and, a, a, and a finite human being, yeah. like to think that I can experience the fullness the, f- the full gravity of who Jesus is in my finite mind and to say that someone else can have a different perspective and experience something more deeply than me is just such a a minded and I would say like a a weaker
1: yeah
0: a weaker place, a weaker yeah. body of christ because yeah. it's I, I think that it's beautiful to be inside of uniqueness
1: yeah. I remember when I was growing up, I went to a rather um, conservative church, and um I like I don't know how, why the topic of politics came up, but it was, you know, a, it was understood that a lot of people were Republicans at our church, you know. Yeah. And I remember there was an older lady who uh, we were talking one day and she she told me that she was a Democrat. And she was like, you know, not everyone who loves Jesus has to be a Republican. Mm-hmm. And like that was it. Like I didn't have any questions. I just thought, "Huh, I guess I'd never really thought about that before," you know? Like it just had always been like an under, like, you just understood that, like, if you love Jesus, you're a Republican, you know, like, yeah. is like the way that I understood the world, you know? Yeah. And so the fact that, like, she just was willing to say that, I just thought that that was really interesting. And like a way that, um you know, like made me think, you know, oh, I guess I hadn't really thought about that before. And I think that that's something that we can, yeah, like do for our kids in lots of different scenarios, you know?
0: Yeah, I think it's a perfect example. I mean, I, I, I have, I've genuinely had conversations with people who have said the exact same thing that you just heard yeah. from both sides. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like the, the counterfeit version of Jesus is that Jesus is a Republican. Yeah. Or that Jesus is a Democrat. Like right. I have, I've actually heard explicitly people say, like, I don't understand how you can be a Christian and be a Republican.
1: Yeah, right.
0: As a Democrat. Or how can, I don't understand how you can be a Christian and be a Democrat. from Like there is this idea that we are as individuals right.
1: Yeah. Right. You know,
0: and, and there's the, it's the, that's the weird dichotomy is that when you, when you believe something, you should believe it. Yeah. Like I, I don't believe that my theology is bad
1: mm-hmm.
0: or I would, or I would do more research on that topic and I would figure it out. If I, if I thought that it was false, I would try and get the truth. Like my, ge- my genuine desire is to know who Jesus is, like the actual right. real version. Right. And so like everyone believed that their version is true. And I think that, going back to your original question about children is understanding that maybe, just maybe, there could be more than one perspective
1: hmm.
0: on the real version of Jesus. Like, w- like, just, like, what if, just what if, what if Jesus is a Republican and a Democrat? Like, w- like what if, like, the, right. like, what if the God of the universe actually, like, is, is for people Instead of for a platform. Hmm. Like, what if Jesus just like wants to say, like, actually, I think that this part of this political like actually aligns with me and this part of this political platform aligns with me. And like, actually, neither of you are even close to the platform that I'm on. Like, as Jesus would just say, like, he continually is disassembling and challenging the religious establishment, the political establishment, the human establishment. And he's saying that there's something different about the kingdom of heaven. There's something different about following after Jesus that doesn't have a specific voting record. Hmm. And, like, I just don't think that that is... I don't think that that's something that the church specifically has done a good job at in welcoming and saying, like, I just want you to know that your view on X, Y, Z issue, your view on X, Y, Z political person. Right. Actually doesn't disqualify you from following me, loving me, caring for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm as guilty as anybody. Yeah. I have my biases. I have the things that I believe are true of scripture. They're like they're there. And But I, I just think that we're doing a terrible job at holding our faith like an open tube of toothpaste to say, yeah. like, death gripping it actually may just, like, squeeze all of the life yeah. out of following him. Hmm.
1: That's so true. That's so true. I think, yeah, it's so easy to just death grip it because it feels like you have the control. It feels like you can control 100%. it. 100%. And so letting go of the control feels scary.
0: Absolutely. And delegating and relinquishing control, like, cracking the door open, Is a very scary place to be. Yeah. Because I think that there is a fear out there, as we've talked to people throughout this series, there's a fear that if I crack this door open, what will happen? Hmm. Yeah. Like a fear of saying, if I crack open the door of deconstruction, who's to say that I actually won't end up in destruction by proxy? Right. Like that I just won't accidentally find myself going down that path and down that trail. And I think that there is. There is value in opening it up because I truly believe that when you look at the phases of going from stage one being concrete, like when you met Jesus for the very first time, everything just made sense black and white. God's grace is sufficient. I am saved by grace through faith. Like heaven is my eternal destination. Like there's just these clear like things that we believe. And then as we begin to find more of a gray and messy middle to say, like, if I crack this door open, is it going to totally disassemble right. and destroy everything that I believe to be true? Yeah. And, and I've had conversations with people. I had a conversation with a guy a couple of years ago, and he just said, if we are going to take context of Scripture into account, if we're going to look at interpretations and we're going to actually continue to examine it, then where does it stop?
1: Hmm.
0: Like, If I allow that context can affect on whether or not something is absolutely perfectly worded... Right. Then, then, where does that absolutely stop? And it's a, it's a, it's a huge, huge conversation. I mean, to the smallest thing in scripture of was was Jonah really swallowed by a whale? Was he swallowed by a fish, or was it actually just a metaphor um, to use inside of a parable? Yeah. You know, like there's just so many of those types of conversations that are out there that people are like, okay, if I if I'm going to take interpretation into account, mm. where does that door? Right. Where does it stop? And I think it's okay to feel that way. Yeah. But we we don't do messy well. No. Specifically in the church.
1: Yeah. And I think, like, just as a, as humans, like, we don't do not having control well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's completely a control thing. And uh, we see it. We see it all over the place um, in our world, um, in our churches, in our families, that we like to have control. Um, I was just on a conference call this morning, and, and a guy said... Um, I struggled so hard with delegating when I was younger hmm. because when I delegated, I couldn't control the outcome.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and I think that that phrase is incredibly true inside of spirituality. Hmm. Um, if, I am, if I'm willing to be open to other people's perspectives and other v- v- like ideas on what it looks like to follow Jesus, like I have to relinquish the outcome that I might just land someplace that I didn't want to land. That doesn't confirm my preconceived notions. And so it's, as you're listening to this right now, I'm sure all of you are like, okay. <laughs> <I> mean, so, <laughs> well, that's
1: so, not what I was expecting on this Thursday.
0: Yeah. Some, some of you are like, come on, let's go. I love that. And some of you are like, get behind me, Satan. Yeah.
1: Right.
0: Like, I think that there is, and, and I want you to know, like, I welcome all of that. Yeah. Like, I want to say, like, I'm still so grateful that you would spend time listening Um, and I'm, I'm okay if you don't agree with me, Hmm. like inside of the same, in the same vein that like my, my commitment to you and my love for you and my care for people, it is not contingent that they agree with me because, because that is something that I don't find inside of the character of Jesus. Yeah. When I look at him, what I don't find is he only surrounds himself with people that agree with him and that confirm his, his ideas,
1: his, his ideas. Yeah. That's so true.
0: Like he just, he's in the messy and he is challenging and he is surrounded by people who didn't agree, who didn't actually didn't believe in him, who challenged him all the time, that examined his theology, that examined his spirituality, that examined his way of life all the time. And yet he, he continued to go and be with them. He continued to eat meals at their homes. I think, um, to wrap up our time today, like. One of my favorite pieces that shows this deconstruct idea and what it looks like to be open um, when it comes to different ideas is that after Jesus calls Matthew a tax collector, a sinner, um, the religious leaders, they say to his followers, they say, "Why why does your leader, why does your rabbi eat with tax collectors and sinners? And they find that Jesus is at Matthew's house who was known as a righteous dirtbag in his day and age. Uh, People did not like him. He was not well-known and just didn't—he was well-known, but he wasn't well-liked. Yes. And Jesus goes and he shares a meal at Matthew's house with tax collectors and sinners. Explicitly, it says that. And Jesus didn't agree with the life that Matthew was living. Hmm. Jesus didn't agree or sign off with the sins of the people that he was eating with. And yet he knew that the best place to care for people and love people was to be present with them. Yeah. And he didn't require that they sign a confidentiality agreement, that they didn't sign on to his religion, right. that they signed on to everything that he believed to be true. He didn't. He didn't have any quizzes, questions, or qualifiers. He just said, "Come and follow me." Hmm. And then he went to their house and he had dinner. Yeah. And and I think that we we have a we have a problem um, being able to associate with people that we disagree with on things, and so. Yeah, I, uh, I think that we'll probably do some more conversations about this um, mm-hmm. as we go along. Yeah. Um, we are smack dab in the middle of a series right now, and so I'm imagining that some things are going to, to move and shift in the next couple weeks even. And so um, we will circle back and then again want to remind all of us that um, we all can reserve the right to get smarter later and that we don't have to be defined by what we believed yesterday. We don't have to be defined by what we believe to be true this morning, yeah. um, that we can get smarter today Thank and goodness. that we can no. move forward. Yeah. It's it's actually the crazy thing. is It's the only way to get smarter.
1: Yeah.
0: The only way to be, get smarter is actually to allow more information to impact the way that you see the world. So, um, yeah, I think that's it for today. And uh, we are grateful that you're a part of this community. And uh, this one probably is going to bring up more questions than maybe we were expecting um, and so if you have questions feel free to reach out to us on social media we will put our uh, our handles in the in the show notes as always you can email us at podcast at apexgathering.com and uh, we would love to uh, love to begin the conversation and uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this What have you agreed with? What do you disagree with? Uh, What is this awakening in you? What are the questions that you have? Concerns, hurts, all of that. Um, We are in for all of it. But I hope that the rest of your Thursday is spectacular. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode.